This is Sandy Floria, and you're listening to She Walks Brave. When I ponder what it looks like to walk brave, I think of women I've met living in small towns or big cities who walk with elderly parents, other abled children, toddlers, and teenagers, some from home, some from outside their homes. Some walk with chronic illness and other unseen wounds. And some of these women walk daily on foreign soil, navigating life in a culture different from their own. I've talked to single women called there by God and living out that call with great courage. Each of them have a valuable story to share on how they bravely live their lives to engage the world around them with the gospel message. Whether married, single, widowed, or divorced, most of them don't feel very brave. They are, and all of them, are my heroes. Today on She Walks Brave, I'm having a conversation with Tammy Washburn. Tammy says every day she's growing in her relationship with God, loving Jake, her husband, playing with and teaching her girls, Lucy and Eleanor, remodeling their old house, doing Pilates, cooking and inventing new recipes. Tammy also loves reading really good books, exploring Austin, Texas, living green, and always learning something new. She's a busy gal, and I'd like you to welcome her today to She Walks Brave. Today on She Walks Brave, I welcome Tammy Washburn, who lives in the same town as me and with her husband, Jake, and their two precious daughters, Lucy and Eleanor. Welcome to She Walks Brave. Thanks for having me. It's sure. good to be here. Oh, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a conversation today about a couple of things that I know about you. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll learn some stuff that I don't know about you, which would be also very wonderful. <laughs> but there's two things specifically that I wanted to talk with you about, Tammy, and that is your daughter, Lucy, okay, and your chronic pain. Mm-hmm. So those are two things that a lot of people walk with in their lives. Yeah. And uh, first of all, let's talk about Lucy. And I want you to tell me a little about Lucy. She is such a doll and so fun to be around. She's the same age as my youngest son. So we have that in common. Yeah. And uh, tell me a little bit about Lucy. Okay. Well, Lucy is 11 years old and she was born with agenesis of the corpus callosum. The corpus callosum is the part of the brain that connects the left and the right hemisphere. Mm -hmm. So it uh, helps both sides of the brain talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the corpus callosum is absent or missing, doesn't develop or partially developed, it can cause all kinds of developmental delays, blindness, seizures, often coexists with other disabilities or genetic disorders. So we found out about Lucy's agenesis um, when she was in utero, but we didn't know at the time that's what it was. Okay. Her 20-week scan looked perfectly normal, uh, everything you would expect. And then I had placenta 
Previa. So we did another scan around 30 weeks just to check on that and see if the placenta had moved or if it was still blocking the cervix or what was going on. Mm-hmm. So at that time, they did see something was wrong with her brain, but we didn't know what it was. Okay. So we immediately went and met with some specialists and a pediatric brain surgeon and pediatric neurologist. Wow. So yeah, we have just a baby in my tummy, but we're sitting there talking with Surgery stuff. Yeah. You know, they just prepared us for something's wrong. We're not sure what it is. And we'll have to deal with it when she comes. Okay. So at what point were they able to tell you what it was that was going on with her? Right. We could have done a fetal MRI, but I think the closest one is either Dallas or Houston. So quite a drive from where we were living at the time. They said, since you're so close to being full term, let's just kind of wait until she's born mm-hmm. and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we did a planned C-section. That way we wouldn't put any pressure on her brain. But then I developed preeclampsia. So we had to do an emergency C-section okay. on top of that. And she was born about three weeks early. Okay. So we really didn't have that long of waiting okay. You know, before... We got some answers, but immediately after birth, she was whisked away from me and taken to the NICU, and I told my husband, Jake, go with her. Don't worry about me. Just go with her and stay with Lucy. So he went with her, and they took her up to one floor, you know, took me into recovery, and since I'd had the preeclampsia, you know, there's some different medications you do for that, and so I was pretty sick, like really sick. And so I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't go to see her. She loves to tell this story about <laughs> a Jake begged the nurses in the middle of the night to bring her to my floor. And he said, she needs to see her baby. And please, you I have to that. take Lucy to her mom. She has to see her. And, and he's a and, very quiet guy. So yes. for him to stand up and oh, just gosh. assert himself into that is quite a story itself. I it, think. It, it really is. Yeah, it just brought out the protector mm, in him. Absolutely. He may be less assertive in other situations, but when it came to his daughter and his wife, then absolutely. it just really blossomed something in him. It was really sweet. And so on the way to get her MRI, they brought her to my floor yeah. and said, okay, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and this didn't happen <laughs> and you have 30 minutes. Oh, so, I love yeah. that. I just remember holding her for the first time and I had always sung Jesus Loves Me mm-hmm. when she was in utero. Mm-hmm. And so I started singing that and she turned her head and opened her eyes and looked at me. And Jake said it was the first time she had opened her eyes since she'd been born. Oh, wow. I know. It was just really, really She sweet. knew her mama's voice. She did. I love that. So mm-hmm. take her off. We get her MRI and that's when they told us that she had agenesis. And it was so crazy to see her in the NICU because she was so much bigger than all these other babies. And she was, except for the agenesis, very healthy. And she just looked like a little giant, which is the last time she's ever looked like a giant because she's a teeny, tiny little petite (laughs) thing. So we just took it one day at a time from there on out. Sure. So tell me a little bit about the steps that you've taken to work with Lucy Mm -hmm. and to walk her through this diagnosis. Right. Well, you know, it's really interesting. Before I stayed home with my girls, I was a speech therapist. Mm -hmm. And so I had worked for a number of years with ECI, Early Childhood Mm -hmm. Intervention, doing therapy with children birth to three with different disabilities and disorders. Mm -hmm. And so I had felt like my whole career, my whole professional career, God had prepared me to work with my own child. I'd worked with other kids that had agenesis before. So you were familiar with that diagnosis. Yeah, so I was. And I think in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad, because then you're like, 
oh gosh, I know what, what could go wrong. But then, you know, all the things that can go right too. Mm-hmm. We decided that I would stay home with Lucy at the time. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a thing on NPR on the way over here talking about the housing crisis in 2008. And she was born in 2008. Right. And I just remember thinking at the time, gosh, should I be leaving my job at this like really financially insecure time in our country and in our lives? And that was another thing that was weighing on us at the time. But we decided this was where God wanted me and mm-hmm. the path that that he was laying out for us. And so it became an easy choice to stay home with her. I think when you know in your heart, when you know deep in your heart, in your spirit, that God is calling you right. to do something that seems completely counterproductive mm-hmm. and counterintuitive, and you follow and you obey, God's like, I'm just going to show you how much I'm going to provide for you. Yes, absolutely. And how well I'm going to take care of you and how well I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us to learn. You know what? When mm-hmm. God calls you to do something, you go. Right. You do because he's got a way to make it happen and to provide in the in the process of it mm-hmm. all. So you decide to stay home with mm-hmm. Lucy and you're a new stay-home mom, a new mom, a stay-home mom. All of this is, you know, convening all at one time. And you walk through this time with her. What did that do for your faith? I mean, it definitely strengthened it, of course. Mm -hmm. Not too long after when I started to stay home with her, God connected me with some just really amazing women through community Bible study. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law was involved with it, and she had talked about it for years, how wonderful it was studying the Word of God with other women. And I always thought, if I ever could get to a class, I really would like to go. So here I am starting to stay home. And I think I'd been home with Lucy for about three weeks. And I asked my mother-in-law, can I come with you to CBS? Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, yeah, that would be great. Of course. So she and my father-in-law paid for my registration fee and got Lucy and I into class. And I met these women who said, we've been praying for you and praying for your baby, Lucy, for months. Your mother-in-law told us what was going on with her and that she had something wrong with her brain and we didn't know what it was, but we've been praying. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's just like these strangers have been praying for us. Mm -hmm. And there's something really special that God does when we pray for one another like that, just building our faith and building their faith Mm -hmm. and and they got to see, we don't always get to see the results of what we pray sure. for. So it was really a beautiful thing for all of us that were involved yeah, it's with good it. On both sides of it. And I still see some of these women occasionally, and they look at Lucy and say, She is a walking miracle. Absolutely. Because she really is. It's been awesome to watch God work in her life and rewire her mm. little brain. Mm-hmm. She's 11 now, and So God truly has rewired Lucy's brain. Mm. It's such a miracle to see that. I know we've experienced Mm -hmm. that as well with my husband, Bram, who had a stroke stroke. not long after Lucy was born, Mm -hmm. actually, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. being told at that time that there would be issues with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of his brain is gone, Mm -hmm. they said. And so it was not communicating back and forth on either side. So seeing those things that God does in our brains Mm -hmm. or in the brain of someone that you love, knowing there's a diagnosis. Right. There is this almost sentence pronounced over them. This is the way it is for them. And believing that God has a plan in all of it Mm -hmm. and seeing him actually perform a miracle in the brain of someone that you love, in for your instance, in Lucy's brain, Mm -hmm. and for me, for Bram, my Mm -hmm. husband's brain, seeing the fruit of that and the hard work that they do Mm -hmm. to adapt 
and to make things happen. Now, in our case, there was a lot of history. Bram had history of being able to do things and then all of a sudden not being able Mm -hmm. to do things. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different than Lucy learning those things initially. Right. But I think I've seen, even knowing Lucy over the years, Mm -hmm. seeing her adapt in situations that she wasn't sure of, that learning process, that learning curve for her has been beautiful. It's so odd because... I feel like I used to be like a super capable person mm-hmm. and that has been something that has taken a lot of getting used to, mm-hmm. but it is what keeps me reliant on God. So I love seeing how God does a work that right. we're not expecting even right. because we want to believe that medical professionals have all of this knowledge mm-hmm. and, and tell us things that are true, which they are mm-hmm. true. But we also know we have a God who is the creator of all things and Mm -hmm. is bigger than that Mm -hmm. that earthly truth that we see right i feel like if you met lucy you wouldn't know you wouldn't know that she's missing part of her brain you know she doesn't show significant delay Mm -hmm. she's just the smartest sweetest little thing and she loves to tell the story she tells Everyone we meet. And she tells what God has done for her. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Like she tells cashiers and people at the park. And <laughs> she says, do you know that there's something called ACC, Agenesis of the Corpus Callosum? And I have it. It means I'm missing part of my brain. But God has rewired my brain. <laughs> and God has taught me himself. She just gives her whole testimony all the time. She's always ready to give a word for the hope that she has. Like That's it's so great. It's beautiful. I love like that. everywhere she goes, she's pointing people to to Christ. Yeah. And we have encouraged her, you know, he's given you this testimony mm-hmm. so that you can tell others how good he is mm-hmm. and how faithful he is. Mm-hmm. And that even when things are hard, yeah. that he's bigger and he's better and worth it. Yeah. It's awesome to see that. So as you have raised Lucy mm-hmm. to be such a, a firecracker. And I mean, she has such a sweet personality. Thank you. And she has a little fire in her too. Yeah, she, she does. <laughs> wants to get out there. You and Jake have raised her that way. You've taught her mm-hmm. that she matters yeah. and that her voice is important. And I think that is such a great lesson for us to teach, especially our daughters, mm-hmm. that they are valuable and their voice is important and mm-hmm. their story is important. Mm-hmm. That's a brave thing to do in this day and age, in this age when we're hearing, be quiet. Right. If you say anything, then you're overbearing Mm -hmm. or it's too much. Mm -hmm. And I think when God gives us a story and he gives us a voice for that story, we have to share it. You yeah. know, and I love that I Lucy is willing to do that and mm-hmm. that you've given her permission. You've given her the brave yeah. to do it. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like it's even an obligation. God says that we overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Right. It's, it's so important to share that testimony. Like mm-hmm. if God has given each one of us a testimony mm-hmm. and it's negligent almost, I feel yeah. like if, yeah. if we don't share it when we can. When, yeah. Yeah, when we have... And we don't always do. get a chance to speak it, mm-hmm. but when we do, we need to take it. Absolutely. I, I have to say, I've always admired you. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Because, I've always admired you. Well, <laughs> no, I, I have because I see you walking through these things that have been tough. Mm. I mean, you've had tough things that yeah. you've walked through. Yeah. And I know a lot of it has been related to what's happening with Lucy mm-hmm. and having to process all of that, having to feel like maybe I have to explain her or yeah. defend her or protect her mm-hmm. or all of these things. 
that most of us don't really have to walk through. Hmm. And watching you do that with such grace and kindness is so encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. It's such a treasure because I know that it's the Lord. I know that the Lord is giving you that courage and that strength to walk through these things, even when you don't feel like it Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other topic that we're going to get to (laughs) as well. But I just wanted to say that someone needs to hear Lucy's story. Someone listening to this podcast needs to hear Lucy's story because maybe they have a child that is walking through what we would call a disability, what would be labeled as a disability, Mm -hmm. but is just a different ability. Right. And you have walked with such grace through that. And you've given her the tools to be herself. Mm, thank you so much. You no, know, I just I just love being around both of your girls actually, but I love seeing how Lucy's just Lucy. Yeah. And she enjoys where she is and mm-hmm. being herself. And it's a sweet thing that you've given her. It's a sweet mm-hmm. gift that you've given her. Mm, thank you. you haven't kept her away from life. Right. You've allowed her to live life mm-hmm. and given her the brave to do it her own way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredibly special. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. That's so nice. Well, you're welcome. I mean it very much. But no, it's it's so encouraging to hear that. Probably the nicest thing you could tell someone, you know, is that Mm. you're doing a good job (laughs) with with your kiddos. You are. You are. But I know, because we had a conversation beforehand Mm -hmm. by email, a little bit of it, Mm -hmm. that you don't feel brave. Not always, no. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what it is to be brave. Mm -hmm. And I think... For me, it's doing the hard things, even if I'm afraid, Mm -hmm. or even doing the things I don't want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, like, I wouldn't consider it brave, like, if I had to go mountain climbing or whatever, because I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. But, (laughs) you know, doing these things that are hard, I don't want to do that. So when you show up and... Mm -hmm take that step one day at a time, that is very brave, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't necessarily feel like it. You know, when I think about brave, I think about like spies and, (laughs) you know, running with shooting arrows, like the movie Brave, you know, and (laughs) galloping on horses and things like that's my idea of brave, Mm -hmm. just off the top of my head. But really thinking about it, it's it's the hard things Mm -hmm. or doing the hard things with the strength that only God can give you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we are most brave at times when absolutely no one sees us. Mm-hmm. That's when we know that our service or our act of bravery mm-hmm. is truly for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Raising children, period, can be difficult. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but raising a child with special conditions, mm-hmm. no one sees that. No one sees what happens in the nighttime when they're unable to sleep Mm -hmm. or when you have to do things for them that they can't do for themselves. Those are brave things Mm -hmm. that are not on display. They are the kind of bravery that so many moms and dads Mm -hmm. walk through on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And the reason, one of the reasons that I wanted to tell your story and wanted you to tell your story mm-hmm. was because I know that about you. I know that there are middle of the night situations mm-hmm. that you walk through alone. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jake 
is there and he does a ton and he's a great guy. But I know also that he gets up and goes to work in the morning. Right. And so you have stepped up when he wasn't able to in that sense. Hmm. But I also know it's difficult for you because you also walk with some chronic issues, chronic pain. Yeah. And so that's another little hurdle that gets in the way sometimes for you. Mm-hmm. You know, Tammy, there are so many people that walk through life with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't see it. We don't know about it because they walk bravely. Mm. And I see you at church Mm -hmm. and I see you worshiping and I see you participating. I know that you do extra things with our youth at our church Mm -hmm. and you go on mission trips with our church. You do a lot of things that you don't have to do. Hmm. And honestly, people that know about your chronic pain would mm-hmm. say, you get a pass, girl, you get a pass because mm-hmm. we know that you're in pain or we know that there's things going on that we don't see. But you don't let that stop you. Right. You still walk in bravery to do the things that God's calling you to do. Yeah. How do you muster that? How do you put yourself out there like that? Yeah. I have this little saying. It was part of a song I heard years ago. It's every step propelled by his grace. I feel like that is how I have learned to live my life Mm -hmm. is everything that I do and any way that I serve or whatever is only by the strength that God provides. Mm -hmm. And it's every step propelled by his grace, you know? I like that. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. It's taken me a while to get to that point maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember... I guess about 10 years ago, I, I was just really struggling with my health, uh, really struggling with the girls, with Lucy and uh, Eleanor. They're about 19 or 20 months apart. Mm-hmm. And we were at a point where like, I was literally sleeping one hour a night. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, Lucy has always had some sleep disturbances with the ACC. We'd put the girls down to bed and we'd go to bed for about an hour and then Lucy would wake up and she'd be up for a stretch of three hours. Yeah. And then as soon as I'd get her back to sleep, Eleanor would wake up and then she would be up for a couple hours and then I'd get her back to sleep and then Lucy would wake up. And then Jake would maybe take him from six to seven and I'd sleep, you know, yeah. another hour from six to seven sure. and then he had to go to work. <laughs> sleep deprivation yeah, is it's an a issue real too. Thing. Oh gosh, I used to always say... They use this as a form of torture. You know, like this is really... <laughs> and now you know why. And now I know why. <laughs> but we walked like that for about a year. It was really difficult. So then my health was deteriorating and just getting worse and worse. And I was crying out to God all the time, you know, just give me rest. And mm-hmm. everyone I would see would say, oh, go to the Lord. He'll give you rest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need like emotional rest right now. I need real rest. I need real rest. But, Sleep is what you yeah, need. So I got to this point where it was really low and really dark mm-hmm. and a lot of despair. And, you know, I was going through the motions and looking okay on the outside and going to my Bible study and doing it and going to church and, you know, yeah. but on the inside, my heart was breaking down. Mm-hmm. And I finally, I guess, reached out bravely to my sister and said, you know what? I've been praying and praying and God is not answering. And I'm to the point where I think he either doesn't hear me or he doesn't care. Mm. One or the other. Which is it? And wow, it's so honest. Though. Yeah. But that's exactly how I was feeling. And I was ready just to walk away from all of it. You know, just mm-hmm. like, I'm done with you, God. Yeah. Like, yeah. your way is not easy and it's not helping. So, like, what's the point? And my sister said, you know what? It's neither one of those. Those are lies from Satan, Mm. and you have let your shield down. 
your shield of faith is dragging on the ground. And she said, until you can get it back up, those lies are going to keep hitting you. Those fiery arrows are going to keep hitting you. And then she said, but you know what? I'm going to put my shield up next to you. Mm. I'm going to hold my shield up for you. And until you're ready to strengthen your wobbly arms and your wobbly knees, that I will be here beside you with my faith. And we're going to get your shield back up. That is so precious. That's exactly yeah. what you needed. Yeah, absolutely. There are times when we walk through very dark places mm-hmm. where we're too exhausted. Mm-hmm. Our arms won't hold that shield up. Yeah. And to have someone come and say, you know what? I'm going to put my shield up mm-hmm. for both of us. Yeah, like standing in the gap. Yes, kind exactly. Of I think of uh, the story of Moses when mm-hmm. he was yeah, holding Aaron his arms and up. And, yeah, and they're holding his arms up. So, Literally. <laughs> so, he, so they can prevail Yeah, for the battle. That is such a sweet picture of living in community, of mm-hmm. having those people there that will hold you up when, yeah. when you need that. I'm so grateful for your sister. I know. Isn't she amazing? That's so yeah. awesome. She's been holding my arms up for a long time. Yeah. So then I was thinking about, okay, yeah, how do you strengthen your faith? How mm-hmm. do you get that shield back up when you've been weakened? And so it was really, for me, about confronting those lies mm-hmm. and confronting those false narratives that I had started to believe that yeah. God isn't good or God doesn't hear. Mm -hmm. And it also meant confronting what I knew about suffering, what I knew about blessing, all that kind of stuff. So I've always had chronic illness and always had some chronic pain, but in the last 10 years, it has increased. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we learn these things and we have to go back and relearn them and relearn them over and over again kind of thing. But for me, it was really understanding that Blessing doesn't always look like what we think it looks like, mm-hmm. you know? Because when you go to like to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is really clear, like, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are persecuted, but you know, all those things. Those are not good things. Those are not good things. Pleasant, no. Not at all. Like, those are things that hurt. Mm-hmm. But he says, that's when we're blessed. And it's because I feel like blessing is nearness to God yeah, is having the Lord come near to you mm-hmm. and to be in a close relationship with him. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't reach out for God or we don't look for him until we're suffering, right. until we're hurting. Mm-hmm. So those times when I'm in the most pain is when I'm desperate sure. yeah. for the Lord. And having his healing doesn't necessarily mean that I will be healed in this life or pain-free or pain-free but I my soul is healed and my soul is restored you know and that crumbling heart that I had he's taken that and restored that part of me this ends the first half of our conversation with Tammy Washburn I hope that you've enjoyed hearing how Tammy is walks brave every day raising her girls and teaching Lucy to walk brave, and learning from Lucy as well. We'll continue our conversation next week about how Tammy loves the Word of God and how someone came to her rescue just in the nick of time. Dear ones, in light of all the chaos that seems to surround us right now with the COVID-19 virus spreading the way it is, I just wanted to jump in and say, let's walk brave together. Let's not isolate ourselves just because we have to social distance from one another. Let's find ways to encourage and love on each other as best we can during this difficult time. I'd like you to jump over to the Facebook page 
and share your encouraging thoughts and words or share ways that we can pray for you, with you, and over you during this difficult time. Many of you are at home for the first time with your children alone and not really knowing what to do. There's all kinds of resources online, and if you need some help with that, please ask. We'd love to help you find those resources to keep your hands busy and to keep little hands busy while you're at home. We pray that you're walking brave through this time and that your family is growing stronger because of it. If you'd like to share a story or how this podcast has inspired you to walk brave, or if you know of a woman who's walking brave in what she does every day, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, sandy at shewalksbrave.com. S-A-N-D-I at shewalksbrave.com. To stay up to date on our podcast, go to shewalksbrave.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at SheWalksBrave. Our theme music is by Nicole Nordeman. Our special background music is composed and recorded by Cadence Floria. This program is mastered by Bram Floria. She Walks Brave is a ministry of Compassion Ventures. I'm Sandy Floria, and this is She Walks Brave.